Welcome to the Wow Factor Podcast, hosted by Samuel Kamugisha, featuring a diverse collection of talent with a keen focus on highlighting the different amazing things that we're doing to change the world. So, without any more hesitations, here is Samuel. I would like to welcome you to the latest edition of the Wow Factor podcast. And today we have a special guest that hails from Belgium. She's a social media consultant for over four years and she's worked with different amazing brands. She's a certified solution focused and transformation coach. And she started her own community in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And she has, and she has members of almost 2,400, quite a big number. And in summary, you can categorize her as the traveling entrepreneur. So I introduce you to Stephanie. How are you, Stephanie? I'm very good. Thank you. It's nice to hear my, like my own introduction. It's cool. Wow, it's very long and interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I could add more things to it even. Wow, I was looking through your bio and I was like, what do I take? What do I leave? Everything is interesting. So I was like, hmm, I was spoiled for choice. Yeah. Well, that's good, right? The more you do, the more interesting it is. Yes, really. So how has been your week so far? In the- my week so far has been quite busy. Actually, this is like my third podcast interview. And then I have my own podcast where I do like also interviews. So it's been lots of talking. I actually hurt my jaw a little oh bit my. yesterday by sorry. talking so much. <laughs> oh my, sorry. No, it's okay. I will rest in the weekend. Okay. So what's the name of your podcast? The Mission Driven Entrepreneur Show. Wow. So what do you mean to talk about in the podcast? A lot about how you set up your mission and that is the thing that drives your business forward. And I let other people who have a big mission share it with the world because they're often a little bit like boxed into their own strategy and their own platforms. So mm-hmm. I want to give them a platform where they can talk to a different audience, but also openly share their mission in whatever shape or form they want to. True, true, true. Usually when you have your own mission, you it kind of gets stuck in your head. And the only one who knows, the only way to, talk, the only way to perfect it is when you talk to someone else about it. So that's interesting. So is yeah, it available on Spotify or, or where do they get everywhere. your podcast? Everywhere. Great, great, great. So how would you categorize Stephanie or who is Stephanie? I think you categorize me pretty well. I, I fall under the traveling entrepreneur label, I would say. So I've been traveling for the last four and a half years and I'm originally from Belgium, but I've lived in, let's say, 30 different countries in wow. those years. And I started as being a marketing freelancer and doing social media and running Facebook campaigns and those kind of things to having a small boutique agency focused on online marketing. But that was too much to handle with having a traveling business and everything if you want to scale that to be sustainable. So then I jumped back into consulting and coaching and that is what I'm doing right now. And I still do that remotely working from home. Like we talked about a little bit before the podcast interview, that's my life. It's my normal. Wow. So, so what's your day? Like you said, it's more of the podcast interviews. So that's what's your daily routine. Like 
Yeah, so I, I'm not the early riser hustle kind of person. Mm. <laughs> and so I started like 11 a.m. and I do like check in with all my clients, answer my emails. If it's my email day, I batch activities a lot. So this week is a lot of podcasting, interview, content creation. But next week, for example, I'm doing two master classes where I give a training to someone else's network. And so then it's a total different vibe. So every week actually is different for me. Wow. Wow. So you do like something called time boxing? Yes, exactly. So I have, for example, my Mondays, I never schedule calls. I say never, but maybe once every two months, I have a Monday where I have to. And then Friday evenings and afternoons are all my podcasting stuff normally for my podcast. So that's my content creation day. But this week is just a lot more content heavy than other weeks. Um, but then I plan ahead for the next two months. So I know I'm, I'm set for that. Wow. That's nice. That's nice. So how has that been going for the, the that planning and the execution? How has that been going for the past few period? It works really well when everything else is aligned with it. But mm. from the moment that I have to travel or I have a, a bigger consulting client that t- takes up a lot of my time, my planning is not really that flexible. So I have been noticing that as long as I'm in Malaysia and I have my fixed home base and everything runs smoothly, my planning and everything works better. But then you add on a corporate client who takes up consulting hours and that changes the dynamic quite a lot. Wow. So how do you traverse that? Well, I try to have really clear boundaries, even for corporate clients. So I have around, let's say 60% of my clients are more one-on-one coaching based where just every two weeks we have a conversation, a talk, we set up some action plan based things. And I don't do any of the heavy lifting. They do the work. Well, for my consulting clients, I can work out a marketing strategy. I can perform a whole shoot or set up an influencer campaign. And that is around 40% of my work. So I tend to take only one corporate consulting client a month. And um, if I have already my hours filled, I don't take up another client. And I clearly state that to them, like I'm not an employee, I'm an outhouse informant or consultant. So these are the hours I am available for you. You cannot call me 24 seven. I will not pick up. I will only read your emails on this specific day. Um, just to make clear, like I don't work for you. I work with you. And that's something I learned the last year and a half or so before I would be sucked into their vacuum and be like a puppet and do their stuff while now i try to border it a lot like you hire me as an expert Mm -hmm. and not so much as someone who's going to handhold you through the process wow so 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 what drove you into the business coach career well when i had the boutique agency i noticed that i can set up a marketing strategy and i can work out the whole plan and set up campaigns and everything but it still comes down to the person behind the brand. If they have a specific vision or a specific mission and I have something different, it might not match. And I can come up with the most beautiful campaign that will drive 
high returns that will do everything that is promised in marketing land and they might not like it and they might not run it or they will run only a part of it. So I noticed that me working with an entrepreneur or with a business owner has a lot more effect because they feel they are a lot more in control of what they're putting out, what their brand is, what direction they're going in. So I noticed that that was a trend that was happening um, with my smaller clients and that that was where I was getting the most energy from. So we dissolved the agency in December 2019 because I, I just couldn't handle all the project management. We had a team of 12 people all over the world. I was basically working all day, every day because everyone was on a different time schedule not only clients but teams and i was like okay i've i've had enough of doing this for two years it's crazy enough i think there are better agencies out there who have that system set up where it works i will focus on what i do best and that's working with people directly and that having an impact for their business wow must have been really sad closing down the agency so how did you unpack that mentally Six months before closing down, I already handed my responsibilities to my partner. I was running this with my, so I was handing off my tasks to him, certain clients I would already cancel if they were at the end of their, of their contract. And mentally, I really had to look at what I wanted to do, not what I was really good at because I'm not to toot my own horn, I'm good at setting up strategies and working out plans, but that was not giving me the satisfaction that I was looking for. It was not, it was not the reason I got out of bed. I got out of bed because I think so mentally connecting to my own purpose and to my own mission is what helped me transition and letting go of people, letting go of contracts, letting go of a big income and basically starting from scratch. Wow. So starting from scratch while closing down the business. So how were the first six months of that? Interesting because I finally could do what I wanted and I mm-hmm. wasn't used to that because if mm-hmm. you run more uh, an, a formal business, you have a lot of overhead and people to feed basically like the team and, and, and stuff. And now it was just me and I had so much difficulties with making decisions because I normally had a business partner and actually all through my career as an entrepreneur, I started really young. I always had a business partner and this was my first venture, just me. So that that part of making decisions, that was interesting. If I was making a decision, it was okay if it wasn't the right one or if it wasn't the one that ended up giving me what I wanted and running um, running the wheels and keep on trying different things and seeing what I liked and what I didn't like. That was mainly the first six months and, and building up my own brand and my own name and all of that at the same time. So actually, if I reflect on that, it was a fun time because I... It was so new. I could really do anything. Right now, I'm a little bit more established. Um, and I have some kind of niche things that people attribute to me that 
if you want to change that, it's like changing the course of a ship. So it takes a lot more effort to turn something. Wow. Well, really, really tough, really tough. But at least it's good to know that, that you have transitioned in into an, a, a kind of more stable fashion. And now we'd like to talk about the business environment. Uh, in this pandemic, what's your take on it? And what's your current take on it on, in line with businesses? I, I might say something that a lot of people are not happy to hear, but I think it's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> not, that, not that we're all kind of locked up and that we have all these rules and that people are sick. Not that part. But for businesses and for opportunities, every time something like this happens, if you look back in history, new amazing companies get founded. People are resourceful because they have to. There is no safety net right now. There is no support. There is, but not that much of a support system. So, The WOW Journal, a catalog of different captivating content spanning from amazing talent to tones of creative work. Founded by Samuel Kamaji Shah, a brand and growth strategist, his major focus is to ignite creativity through inspiration with an intention of being a catalyst for growth, whether it's for your brand or business. Log on to www.wowjournal.cc. That's W-O-W-J-O-U-R-N-A-L.cc. If you had a crazy idea, now is the time to bring it into the world. And online businesses are flourishing because we are kind of forced to do it online. If you want to start a brick and mortar store right now, good luck because it will be very, very hard. Um, And people are so used to working from home now to having everything digitally, doing video calls and all of that. So why not take your business online and pivot for new businesses, but also for existing dinosaurs in the industry, you kind of are forced to go online now and you have a month or two or whatever time frame you want to give yourself to transition into that. And I've seen amazing things happen for clients who take this on head on and just go full force into online. But I've also seen people doubting, not sure, but there's already so much and why me? And that's stopping your growth right now. It's now to take opportunities, especially if you haven't started your business right now. The market is so ready for new things, for new faces, for new brands that, yeah, I think it's it's more opportunities, more growth, more scalability for everything that's happening with the pandemic, to be honest. And for the businesses that would like to go online, what do you think would be the essentials that they need to take the businesses online and scale it for growth? They need to have a structure that enables them to go online. So just going for it and trying something, I think works for some companies but if you have a bigger company a bigger business that has some employees that has a track record have a strategy have some sop set up have training for your employees 
what I've seen with the companies that I, I've done consulting for now in the last few months is if they didn't train their employees with company culture, they're not thriving working from home and they're not thriving doing uh, online business and making sure that everything still keeps running because they are thrown into the deep. Here, this is what we're going to do because we have to, but you figure out, figure it out. And I think it's up to the business to have step-by-step uh, process or strategy in place to make that work. There's not really something like a tool or whatever that you need, but do your research, write out a little bit of step-by-step guidelines and then implement that step-by-step as well. Great. So in line with the businesses, businesses that have gone online, do you have any examples that you could cite that you can deem as successful at rolling out a, an online strategy or online business? Mm-hmm. Um, now during the pandemic, for example, I did a short um, deep dive consulting for a client that was already online, but not using all the opportunities. They were very slow with taking on new implementations. And what they do is basically forced co-working online. So they would host meetings already before. They would host meetings where you could sign up and they have a sort of system that helps you to be more productive. And they had a few clients, they had a few companies, but not a massive scale. So there were, at that moment, so much opportunities for them to develop an app, to set up a system, to get corporate clients, to get into all media. And I was like, why are you not doing this? We were one month into lockdown. I didn't see them taking any action, moving in any direction. I was like, this is gold mine for you. Like if you implement this correctly, you go to all big media outlets all over the world. You write to big corporations saying you will give them one month for free because they have to. This could really jumpstart this whole, it was a startup. It is still a startup. And just by sharing that, they finally took off. And now it's like a big thing. It's called headquarters. Um, they developed their app. They hired a few more people, actually a lot more people to develop it, to get people on board. They hired call centers for people to reach out to businesses. So that was something that like in, in two months, the first month they were doing nothing. The second month they were. In two months, they really went from a few clients to almost times a hundred their clients. Wow. Where is the headquarters best? It's also a remote team, but it's a, the app is called that way, but the, the team is remote. So there were a few people here in Malaysia, a few in the US. Um, they have some people in Eastern Europe as well. So it was just like, come on team. You've been doing this for so long. You have a few clients, you have a track record. Push this out. Now is the time. Now, now this, everyone's <laughs> waiting for something like this. Oh, nice, nice. So on the downside, what are the, one, the misconceptions that you had about online businesses? And two, why do businesses fail on the online space? And how should they Mm. avoid that? 
Yeah. So misconceptions about starting an online business, people think it's a get rich quick kind of idea. Oh, you start an online business, you throw some money at Facebook ads and you'll, you'll be rich overnight. It doesn't work that way. It might work that way, but you don't see what's been happening before they've done that. And if you look at, for example, Daniel Wellington, the watch, the watch brand, that's like a big example in this. You've seen them pop up at once all over Europe and then in the US and now they have stores and all of that and all influencers were having this, but they have a strategy for this. They've been developing that influencer strategy for months before they actually launched it and before they, they went viral and they were picked up. So it's not, I start this today and I will have a hundred thousand dollars or whatever currency want to say in six months it might um, but you'll probably have a fund before that you'll probably have investment before that if that's going to be the case and people often say to me oh i started my online business three months ago and i don't have any clients i don't have any customers um, i'm not selling anything and i'm like what have you done what have you done up until this point to make sure that you're selling. Are you actually selling? People think I started an Instagram account, I started a Facebook, I have a website, now people will find me. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. You have, to, you have to put in the work. It's not like because you have those things that actual people are going to find you. You still have to market yourself, get yourself out there, really create content, organic or paid, whatever you want. And start creating that network it's still you finding your people online they finding you they have a thousand other options that are very similar to what you offer so make sure that you one stand out and two that you are doing the work wow wow and for so you have to do, make sure that you're doing the work and yes. you have to brand yourself perfect at least in a, in a nice fashion so do you have any examples of businesses that you've seen which are not performing in that aspect? Yeah, um, not to name any names, but there are companies and businesses who, who do that strategy, who set something up and they copy paste what someone else in that same industry is doing. So they just look at, oh, but this was successful in the United States. So if I implement this in Asia exactly like that, it's going to work. No, because it's a different audience. It's a different demographic. They're used to other types of marketing, other types of advertisement, other types of standing out. They might be triggered by something completely different to buy from you than someone in the US might be triggered by. So it's doing the work also in understanding your customer, your ideal client, your audience. And you can do that by market research or by um, looking at competition in your area of where you're going to operate. And that is what I see that a lot of brands and companies who start don't do. They copy paste exactly what someone else is doing and they see like, oh, that's successful. So it might work for me too. I see this when, when like e-commerce stores pop up, they're selling the same product from the same manufacturer, but one is successful and the other is not. 
Where is that? It's most of the times they're branding, they're understanding their audience, they're really positioning themselves in the market as the thing to have. And if that's not there, oftentimes I see them fail and blame the product. Well, you can have a shitty product and still sell and make a lot of money if you do the right branding and the right marketing. Yes, I truly agree with you on the part of copy-pasting uh, of ideas or strategies does not usually work. I think earlier in my one of the ventures I created, I did copy off some business ideas and tried to, to execute them within my country, Uganda, but it didn't work out well because copying an idea from the UK and pasting it into Uganda is definitely not going to work. The mindsets are different. The economies are different. The, the variables are so many that it's just a pretty waste of time. You may get an idea, but then you have to tailor it down to the market and you ensure that the market is ready for it and they really need it. So yes, exactly. I agree with you with that. So in terms of the future, how would you like to be remembered? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question as to also for brands, but I'm also my own brand as to what is your, your vision in the long term. And for me, that would be very much that I inspire others to do what they want to do in terms of business and not what they think they have to do. So if you come from a working class environment, for example, but you've always wanted to sell shoes, just making up a random uh, example, is that you go after your dream, go after what you really want. And I would like to be remembered as an inspiring person, I would say, an inspiring brand that not only inspires you, but helps you to get there as well. By I want to inspire people to do what they want to do, to go after their big dream and actually make it happen. You can think about it, for years and years, but it's another thing to really put it out there and to be empowered by your own idea while empowering others. Wow, nice, inspirational, Stephanie. So, yes, <laughs> nice. So, as we wind this up, uh, what would be your final remarks and where can people get you or how can they look at you? Well, for final remarks, I don't know. Just after you listen to this podcast, go do your thing. Don't think about it too much. Just take one tiny action step. Go and do that. And if you want to have more of this or if you want to look at the things that I'm doing, I think the best platform would be Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram stories and that would be at stephanie.smolders. And yeah, if you connect with me there, if you send me a message that you listen to this podcast, that would be amazing. And I think it would be a wow factor if we can become friends because of this. Nice. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest on the, on the Wow Factor podcast. Uh, well, I can say the future is bright. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you for having me.
and it's a wrap thank you so much for listening in and i would encourage you to stay hooked to your preferred podcast distributors or you can alternatively go to uh, the wow journal website which is www.wowjournal that's w-o-w-j-o-u-r-n-a-l dot cc and you definitely get access to all the available podcasts and as well you have access to different adverts that i've featured that i found really interesting that you may find of good value to you so listen in next time on your favorite podcast bye bye